Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Like, have you been watching any of that stuff on social media, like people doing that and busting their butts and everything? It's horrifying. Horrifying is right. It really is. It is horrifying. The amount of alcohol that I would need to consume to even try it would make it impossible for me to get past the first two steps. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be trying that anytime soon. Certainly not. <laughs> the face, the face at the end is beautiful. That's the face that you would have after about 45 minutes of the all those types of things drinking game with you <laughs> taking the drink. Oh, uh, man, look at that one. But Oh, I got but, the earbuds but, on. That's back in the day of, like, COVID when I'm at home doing, yeah, technical difficulties. Like, what the hell? What's wrong with my internet? Uh, you, didn't say, yeah. you didn't say what the hell. Yes, I did. Uh, l- let me say this, though. Do not do the milk crate challenge. It is inherently dangerous. People have gotten seriously injured. The old... The old disclaimer, do not try this at home. Do not try this anywhere. Do not do it. And the good thing that TikTok did about it, they, they stopped posting the videos. Good, because people were getting horribly injured because milk crates were not meant to be climbed like steps to uh, a, a pyramid. You, you literally will be climbing a stairway to heaven or possibly hell if you try to climb up those things because uh, you could die. From it. All right. On that happy note, let's pivot to the AFC East win totals, courtesy of our friends at the Points Bet Sportsbook. Buffalo over under of 11.5. I may have had one opinion last week after watching your boy Blue Chris against the Packers on Saturday. I probably feel a lot differently now about the Bills. There were some signs of dysfunction thanks to the whole anti-vaccine thing among so many of their players. But Josh Allen is still Josh Allen, and if anything, he looks better. Give me the over. That's an easy one. I I think so, too. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm expecting last year 13-3 and three or 14-3 and three this year or something like that, but I have a hard time with Josh Allen. And, you know, they do have a pretty tough schedule. It's different that way. This one's clo- close to me, but I'm going to go over here as well. I, I am. You know, the one thing I guess that scares me is a little bit of the start of the year you see that it's three really good defenses right off the bat. But Allen is so special, and I feel like he has gotten to that Mahomes, you know, Rodgers type of thing where 
if, if you're just not absolutely dominating them, he can find a way to, to beat you and win the football game. So I'm going to go slightly over here too. I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking like 12 and five with the bills. I do worry about, you know, how dominant their defense can be. Um, but I think overall, I'm, I'm, I'm just too confident in Josh Allen, the offense and all, all of, uh, that goes with that, uh, to pick I can't pick the under I'm going over. Yeah, I, I have to go over. I saw looming, though, a date with the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. We've said previously this year that if the Bills are really going to crash the party, if they're going to prove that they're ready, they've got to get past the Chiefs. They've got to show that they can beat the Chiefs, and they get another opportunity to do it. They were 0-2 last year. Remember how uninspiring they were? It was one of those games that got moved around into a weird time slot. I think it was a Monday night doubleheader or something yeah. like that, but it... it it, and it was a weird night in Buffalo. It was rainy. It was windy. The Bills' offense just wasn't there. That's the thing about the Bills' offense. From time to time, it just disappears. doesn't happen often, but because it's so good when it's there and it's clicking, when they can't get it going, I, it, it, it's so much more glaring, isn't it? Like against Baltimore in the postseason. Well, when it, they, fi- they finally did wake it up, but then they hit the Chiefs, and it just, it, there are times where it just feels like it's not there. Well, that's what I think worries me a little bit about them. You know, one, I mean, I expect the division in the AFC East to be better, for sure. I mean, New England's going to be better. New England almost beat them last year up in Buffalo. I mean, Cam Newton fumbled on the 10-yard line. Remember, going in, you're thinking, uh-oh. Patriots might, you know, pull off the upset. But the the point you're making, yes, it's 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 a little too Josh Allen centric at times. And that's where, you know, I do worry about them. And that's where I'm like on the bubble with that eleven and a half there. I don't I don't know if I could just see them ripping off as many wins as last year, especially, you know, with the schedule that we just brought up there. They're just they're gonna be their teams are have studied them, what they do. They're gonna be a little bit better feel within the division and how they play. Uh, so, you know, from that aspect, that is what I do. I do worry about, you know, we've seen them struggle, right? You said the chiefs last year, the Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, you know, teams that I'll say the Ravens and the Tennessee Titans who had knowledge of the offense, Vrabel from new England, Dayball from new England Ravens. They've always been on the new England thing from Dean Pease's years there and all that. So they know a lot of those rules, which of course, you know, hurt hurt the uh, the Bills a little bit, but yeah, I'm gonna go over just because of the talent with Josh Allen. I'm not necessarily saying like I think the team is just absolutely the the best team in the AFC. Yeah, they do have work to do to get to the Super Bowl, but they continue to be the best team in the division. Although it will be a little more difficult this year because number one, it's not a surprise this year right. for the other teams exactly. in the division. They've had right. opportunities to go against this yeah. new look Bills offense that runs through Josh Allen, but I still think. They will go over. And remember, there are 17 games this year, so 12 and 5. That is still so weird to think of. For 40 years, you think 12 and 4, 11 and 5, 10 and 6. We still have to reprogram our brains in that regard. All right, New England's over-under win total, 9.5. Mac Jones is the quarterback. These numbers haven't moved much because Mac Jones is now the guy over Cam Newton. The question is, the guys around the quarterback. Last year, not enough good guys around the quarterback, especially on offense. This year, they've improved. Chris, I'm inclined to go over. I think the Patriots are going to the playoffs this year. I thought it with Cam. I think it with Mac. I just think that the talent has increased to the level where when you throw in the greatest coach of all time in any sport, 
on top of it. You're going to cobble together enough wins. With 17 chances, you're going to get enough wins to get to the playoffs. I'm going over, too. I am, you know, the defense, first off, they made all the right moves. I wouldn't be shocked if New England's defense is the number one rated defense in football when it's all over. I mean, they we got big people, tons of secondary people. We'll see when Stephon Gilmore gets back. Of course, that, that stinks that he's not out there. But, man, they got a lot of good corners anyways. And I think they'll be able to play a little bit of a different style of defense this year because they finally have some big people and some pass rushers up front. You know, they've been a little, like, handcuffed the last few years because of we, we got to crowd the box and the line of scrimmage and then we because we're not big and don't have any playmakers up there to where we have to play man-to-man in the back end. So I could see that changing a little bit. But I'm with you, Mike. You know, the, I, I just think it's, it's too well-built of a football team. I don't care about the rookie or not. Mac Jones is better than... You know, Matt Castle was taken over, and he went 11-5. and five. You know, so I, I just look at New England being too good, and that's what kind of affected me with that Bills decision where I'm like, uh, Bills, 11-and-a-half. I mean, I could see them being at 11, you know, or 12, either way, but I, I, think this, I think this division lends it to thinking, man, they could have three teams in the playoffs for sure. Right on the heels of the New England Patriots with an over-under of nine wins. Again, the Patriots at 9-and-a-half are the Miami Dolphins. They... They felt like a playoff team last year. Remember they had that great Saturday night win in late December when Ryan Fitzpatrick was getting the exorcist treatment with his head spun around and right. threw the pass and extended it, and they ultimately couldn't get it done. This year, again, an extra game, an extra chance, extra opportunity to qualify. You've talked about them as a playoff team. Are you going over nine wins, under, or are you going to go push and say nine and eight, and maybe, maybe nine and eight is good enough? I am going to go... Over. I am. I mean, I pushes certainly in that discussion, but I, the one thing, yeah, you, you, you said it. I, the Dolphins to me in the preseason just got the look. They played really good football. I do think Tua uh, looks like a different football player altogether. The Jalen Waddle aspect at wide receiver, you know, they have a real niche for him within the offense, and we know he can fly, and he's got two rockets up his butt, but also he's going to be their Julian Edelman, Wes Welker guy too. So they're going to have him. If they get Devontae Parker to stay healthy with Preston Williams and Gasecki at tight end, you just go, geez. You know, offensive line, you know, they're obviously not totally happy with it, but they got a lot of depth, and it should be pretty good, and defensively they should be top-notch too with good coaching. So I have a hard time saying under here. Yeah, I'm going with the over. And nine, you know, I, 10 and 7, I, I certainly could see that from the Miami Dolphins and maybe even better. I'll go right on nine. I think nine and push? eight. I still think they have work to do. I, I, I hope. I, I hope Tua steps up and plays like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. We, we, let's let's see. Let's see. Yeah, where the Dolphins are, uh, and also let's see what happens with Deshaun Watson because they may be willing to take a short-term step back in the name of being a potential Super Bowl contender starting next year. And that really is the question. Hey, are we going to tread water here, get to the playoffs, lose in the wild card round to one of these great teams, or are we going to try to lay the foundation for being one of the great teams as soon as next year, and maybe this year if they get the deal done soon enough to get to Sean Watson if that's what they want to do. New York Jets over under 5.5 wins. I had the Jets in my good vibes draft. You had the Jets in your bad vibes draft. You're looking at the injuries like to Carl Lawson and Jared Davis. I'm looking at the presence of Robert Sala as yeah, the head coach. Zach right. Wilson is a quarterback. So where are you on win total? Will they be 6-11 and 11 or better? 
or five and twelve or worse. I'm I'm going five and twelve and worse. I am with that division. You know they're playing the NFC South and the AFC South, the AFC East this year. The injuries you just talked about, like listen, I'm with you all the way with the vibes of Salah and Zach Wilson and all and and all that goes with that. But you know the injuries are real. It's a team and a roster that's still being built. There's some new pieces, some younger guys that are all coming along that way. Like I think the future's bright. You know I love the kid Zach Wilson. I mean it's it's going to be laser beam shows. But, hey, this year for the Jets is just establish a culture, get things going in the right direction. You're not going to win the division. Don't get Zach Wilson hurt and put him in vulnerable positions. Don't Joe Burrow him because that's, that's my new phrase. Don't Joe Burrow him. Don't like, oh, we're down by 17 and our quarterback, we can't protect our quarterback, but we're still going to drop back 45 times and try to win the game. No, Salah's just, he won't do that. He's, he's too smart, I think. And uh, I, I, I'm going under, though, because of just, you know, the circumstances I already laid out. You know, I have noticed, and I may have to go back and check the tape for the exact verbiage that you used, but you're trying to carve out I did. a different way of yeah, saying I did. all those types of things. It's still, drink. It doesn't that ding? Time. Joe Boone needs a refill. Twice in this segment, I've done it. I've, I've used another phrase while I was going down the road of using the old phrase. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Cam Newton's release was, wasn't the only big transaction yesterday. We look at some others with a game of which doesn't belong and why. More PFT Live right after this. I can't wait to see what Kafusi does in Buffalo this year. But anyway, um, if you didn't know uh, Morgan was going to match Rob Aaron Rodgers likes Jake Coomer, likes Bronson Kafalsi. Uh, Kafalsi out of the Green Bay Packers, even though Rodgers has previously praised him. Oh, well, that's how it works. And uh, we'll await the next Aaron Rodgers press conference for comment there. A little which doesn't belong and why. Let's start with veterans placed on the pup list. Chris, physically unable to perform. Now, that means they were on the active PUP list from the start of camp. You have to make a decision at cutdown day, do you put them on the active roster or do you put them on the reserve pup list where they have to miss a minimum of six weeks before they're eligible to return to practice? The three candidates, Michael Thomas of the Saints, David Bakhtiari of the Packers, Stephon Gilmore of the Patriots, which doesn't belong and why? I'm going to go with Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I mean, one, he's, you know, an NFL defensive MVP. Um, he's a, a huge part of that football team. Unlike the other ones with Bakhtiari and Michael Thomas, this is a, a contract issue to me this is what it looks like more than anything. I don't know what the injury is, if it's really real or whatever. Um, so I, I just think there's more angles here. Like the other ones are plain and simple. Michael Thomas, yeah, waited too long to get surgery. Bakhtiari, you know, tore his ACL preparing for the NFC Championship game. You know, Gilmore... Uh, we, we've heard all those things throughout the offseason and all that. So that's the one that, that doesn't belong to me. Yeah, this is the quietest hold-in that we've seen so right. far this year. And it's actually going to extend six weeks into the regular season because of the injury status. And if it isn't really an injury, both sides are committed to the ruse to the point where they leave him on the pup list for six weeks of the regular did, season. Did, I'll say 
Go ahead. I was going to say, did they make a deal where they were like, you know, we, we might not pay you more, so hey, we're gonna just, we, you don't have to play as many games. Here you go. You only have to play 11 games. I know. No. I, I don't know. It's just, it's it's odd to me, for sure. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I haven't heard anybody that really knows the story throughout the NFL of what's really going on there. Yeah, that's because you're never going to get the full story yeah. as it relates to anything regarding the New England Patriots. I'm going to say Thomas doesn't belong because it just feels like, despite the fact that he and Sean Payton got together and worked out their differences. I think the differences were too deep and profound and had lasted too long for one meeting to solve it. Yeah. I think those two sides are destined for a divorce, whether this year or next year. Next year, a Ju uh, Julio Jones type of trade, June 1, after June 1, is going to be easier to accomplish from a cap standpoint, but it just feels like it's moving in that direction where Thomas is not going to be long for the New Orleans Saints, and I think there's there's more acrimony there than there is between Gilmore and the Patriots. Yeah. All right, receivers of note who got released, Brashad Perryman by the Lions, Travis Fulgham of the Eagles, and John Brown of the Raiders, which doesn't belong and why. I'm going to go with Travis Fulgham here. I mean, Travis Fulgham, first off, is like a practice squad journeyman. You know, who I do still think has like potential to kind of carve out a niche with a, a team that, you know, is looking for a fourth receiver on their roster. You know, John Brown, you've heard me say, used to drive me crazy last year when everybody was like, oh, all the weapons they got. John Brown, I want to go. There's a reason this is the fourth team in fourth year, four years. It's not what it was. It's not the old John Brown, you know. And then, of course, Brashad Berryman has never lived up to expectations that way. Fulgham's got size. We could see, like, when it comes to the game and whatever else, that size comes in handy. He has, he's just got a good feel for football. He doesn't like wow you, uh, but I'll go with him, and I would think somebody picks him up to, to round out their, their receiving core. Yeah, I'll go with the same guy because he actually played for the team that cut him. The other two guys were just signed this year yeah, by the right team that decided it didn't work. They know what Fulgham can do, and he was one of the few bright spots last year. Now, things changed as the year went on. But uh, that one that one surprises me, and that makes it different. And I do think he may have some potential. If he lands in the right spot, and who knows? Maybe he, he lands with uh, Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, especially with T.Y. Hilton, Hilton dealing with a neck, neck problem injury, that's right. going to knock him out for potentially the whole season. They hope it's not the whole season, but potentially it could be. All right, which doesn't belong and why? Vikings moves. Everson Griffin cut. Jake Browning, unvaccinated quarterback. Oh, wait, no, he was the one who was vaccinated. Excuse me cut and they traded for tight end Chris Herndon with Irv Smith injured which doesn't belong and why uh I guess I go Everson Griffin here I mean just because there was such a big deal made about you know the signing and you thought maybe uh, hey they know something we don't and maybe he's got a little bit more left in the tank uh you know it's also yeah it's odd that they just signed him and you know yeah he had to deal with the Kirk Cousins apology and all that stuff and then here he is you know a week later he's out the door uh, I think this is probably about the end for Everson Griffin when it when it comes down to it we might not see him again but he had a, a really damn good career well and I'll say this he doesn't belong in my mind because this is possibly a game that's being played by the Vikings to kick the can for a little period of time, like with Brian Hoyer out in New England. Yeah, you need okay. 53 yeah. guys on the roster. Right. you got to put a guy in injured reserve. And it may be with Everson Griffin. Now, it's not like they're paying him huge money, but we hear this every year. Vested veterans cut before week one. That's right. Resigned after week one because after week one, their full salary is not, as a practical matter, guaranteed. That's a reason to do it. Although, it seems like every year guys are cut for that reason and then week one comes and goes, and they never get signed. It's like, it's just a way to make them feel better because you're, you're, 
kicking him to the curb. Oh, oh, we'll get back to you after week one, and yeah. then they just never do. But it could be with Griffin because he he had a decent game against the Chiefs on Friday night. Had a sack. Had another quarterback hit. Uh, he's going to be a situational player for the Vikings. I don't think you go through all that last week if you don't have him in your plans. I won't be surprised if he's back. All right, backup quarterbacks who made the roster, which doesn't belong and why. Cooper Rush in Dallas, Josh Rosen with the Falcons, and Tyler Huntley well, in Baltimore. Well, Tyler Huntley is the one that doesn't belong because I want to go, well, who the hell Who the hell else are they going to have as a backup quarterback? I mean, you know, yeah, we could say something about all these guys. Huntley, you know, he looks solid in the preseason. He's a good athlete. You know, he got pretty good control of the football. You see right here. So, I mean, I, there's no other options. McSorley's hurt. He's gone. So, I, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm going to go with Huntley here. I mean, and he continues to show growth at the quarterback position. Pretty damn good play right there to go back, you know, across your body, touchdown pass. So, um, th that did not surprise me at all when I heard that, oh, yeah, Huntley made the roster. I want to be like, of course he did. Well, Lamar Jackson said himself after that Washington game when he accounted for five touchdowns, I'm glad I don't have to go against this guy. Well, you don't, <laughs> at least for now, because he's your backup. And uh, and look, if you have a quarterback who's going to be running the ball and in harm's way, and credit Lamar Jackson. We've seen it for three years now, and he's yet to have a serious injury other than that incident with cramps on the Monday night last year against mm -hmm. the cramps against the Cleveland Browns. Um but if he does get injured, you need to have somebody who can play. And based on what we saw from Tyler Huntley, he can. I'll say Rosen doesn't belong because he's the top 10 pick. He's the guy. And, and I think that Rosen was attracted to Atlanta because of Arthur Smith, who did what for Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, sure. A failed top 10 pick. Resurrected his career. I'm not going to start drawing comparisons between Josh Rosen and Ryan Tannehill. But Josh Rosen just didn't suddenly forget how to play football. It didn't work in Arizona because they wanted Kyler Murray. It didn't work in Miami. And last year, he just kind of floated around. And you know what? It was a smart move to hitch his wagon to Kyle Shanahan. He didn't know they were going to go out and trade up and get Trey Lance and become irrelevant as far yeah. as Rosen was concerned. So he's got a chance. He's got a chance. You know, I kind of root for this unconventional path where a guy comes in as a top 10 pick. It doesn't work. But through persistence, hard work, determination, he eventually creates an opportunity for himself. That that would be a hell of a story if it happens. It would be. We'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, he he still throws a beautiful football. I mean, for not knowing an offense, he did very well the other night in the Sunday night football game. And I mean, he's put himself. But but what I'm getting the point here is, you man, he's putting himself in a lot of situations. I mean, he was in Tampa, and then you know, in San Francisco, like you said, and now here in Atlanta, where hey, he's he's. You know, I would think going to be right there with Felipe Franks as far as a guy they think about if they got to pull somebody off the bench and Matt Ryan does get hurt. Felipe Franks did well. Uh, I hear what you're saying, Mike. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where where his career goes from here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in Dallas, uh, look, Garrett Gilbert's gone. Ben DiNucci's gone. Cooper Rush is there. And it very well could be that last year they had Andy Dalton and they needed him and they still went 6-10 and 10 and they've just decided just to hell with it. The hell with it. Yeah. We're going to go all in with Dak Prescott. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. We are screwed anyway. Sorry, London. Let's take a break. When we return, today's draft, Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates. Now that the deck has been reshuffled with Mac Jones becoming a week one starter, We'll do that next here on Pro Football Talk Live. Rookie of the Year odds before and after the decision to cut. 
Cam Newton. Mac Jones climbs from plus 800, that means bet 100 to win 800, to plus 450, which means you win a lot less for your 100 bucks. And others drop accordingly. Trevor Lawrence, his, his odds go up because of Jones. Zach Wilson goes from plus 500 to plus 600. A couple didn't change like Justin Fields and Trey Lance. First, we have to see how much they're going to play. Other guys also going up in the aftermath of the Mac Jones news. So, with all that said, Offensive Rookie of the Year draft for today. Christopher, you have the trivia question. And let me just peel back the curtain here. Pete said to me during the break that you can go ahead and look at the trivia question. What, bull, what a bunch of bull crap it. that was by Pete. What a bunch of bull crap. But I knew, but but that, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I instantly knew the answer. That's I said great. I know the answer. We don't we don't and, do that. And it then says I get, nine thousand like, shows oh, in Googling a row. It. We don't do you're it. You're Googling it. Baloney. I don't worry about but you I Googling still don't it. See it. I'm not worried. I, I don't want you to think and the pressure of live TV can make you choke. We've seen it before. I knew it immediately. Okay. So you want to be before it. And all Three Vikings receivers have won offense of the rookie year of the year. Name them Mike. Mike named them. He knows them. Great. Good. Good. Sammy White, 1976. Randy Moss, 1998. Percy Harvin, 2009. Shut your mouth. Next time, okay? give me something hard to sell. Go ahead. Right. Pick your pick, jerk. All right. Uh, ooh. I'm going Najee Harris. Uh, that's your best value on the board. Pull that board up again. Because running backs get the ball in their hands, and this guy's going to be a three-down back, and he's going to be on the field. You want to make 1000 bucks for your 100 in jurisdictions where those types of things are permissible, and we encourage you to bet responsibly? Najee Harris is your guy, in my view. I mean, you just picked the Patriots to go to the playoffs, and Mac Jones is the starting doesn't quarterback. doesn't mean he's going to... It doesn't, but doesn't oh, mean it's, it's going to be because he has 4,000 passing yards. It's Fine, big... go ahead and take him. Yeah, I go am. Take I'm him. taking Mac Jones. That's just low-hanging fruit. Of course I am. You just picked Cam Newton to be the starting quarterback two days ago, and now you're taking Mac Jones to be <laughs> yeah. the rookie of the year. Make I... up your mind. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I, I, I think that they have a really good football team around him. I'm with you. I think they're a playoff team, whether it was Mac Jones or Cam Newton. And I think his stats will be good enough, along with the wins, that – yeah, it's all going to lead to him winning the rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I you think don't that disagree. that will help. Yeah, right. I think that will help, but yeah. he's got to have the numbers. Yeah. You know who's going to have the numbers? Because here's what happened. My, my, and not that anybody cares about anyone's fantasy team, but I'm explaining oh, the thought process yes, to you. Yes. My son is in our barn league, and he took a flyer on Zach Wilson, and after Mac Jones became the starter, and he's available because nobody drafted him because nobody thought he was going to be the quarterback. Right. Uh, or if he is, he's not going to have big numbers. My son's like, should I drop Wilson for Jones? I said, I still think Wilson's going to have big, bigger numbers. I think Wilson's going to have the bigger year. They may go 5-12, and 12, yeah, right. but I think Wilson's going to have the bigger year. Now, will it help Wilson? And that's my next pick, to be rookie of the year if the team is bad. Well, it didn't hurt Justin Herbert last year. What were the Chargers? Pete, 6-10? and 10? 9 and 7. They're 7 and 9. Okay, well, yeah. never mind. Well, okay, they're under 500. They're yeah. underwater, yeah. and he's still one rookie of the year. That's right. I think that uh, Zach Wilson and and... I was influenced by your assessment of him before the draft, and I've watched him. He's awesome. Yeah. And he's playing for a New York team, and he's going to be great. And the rest of the team may not be. They may be in a lot of 44-41 games, but I, I think there's going to be enough buzz there. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll take him after Najee Harris. I don't think it's crazy, Mike. I'm, I mean, he was on my short list, too. You're right. You don't have to have a good record if he makes enough, like, jaw-dropping wow plays, even, like, I mean, well, he brings them back in the fourth quarter and they still lose or something like that. We're all still going to go, man, Zach Wilson's amazing in that game. So 
I, I'm with you there. I mean, I'm I'm expecting big things from him too. And I think you know, at very at the very least, got to you know, with Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, you know, Corey Davis, he's got a fighting chance at least at receiver there to have some weapons and people that can get open. So uh, I hear you there all the way. I'm not I'm not mad at that pick at all. I probably would have uh, taken it myself. All right, I'm gonna go with Jalen Waddle as my next one. Um, Jalen Waddle has looked like we talked about with the Dolphins earlier in the AFC segment, has looked really good. I think it's a offense that fits him. Of course, he's got that Edelman-Welker thing that you heard me talk about, yet he's got an extra rocket up his butt that those two didn't have either. So it's not going to just be like, oh, he just does the over-the-middle short stuff. He's going to get his chances to go deep down the field too, and they, they, they seem like they're going to put him back there to return punts to go along with it. So I think with that... He could be a kind of guy that has good stats, a few splash plays. If they make the playoffs, I'll go Jalen Waddle. You know, I thought about going with Deami Brown just to troll you because that's one of your he looks good season star guys, and he does look good. Yeah. And the odds for him are plus six thousand, so you could make a little bit of extra scratch for uh, the holidays. Although you won't find out until well, it'll be for St. Valentine's Day by the time we get the answer. But I'll go Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I, I will, uh, plus 1,200 for Kyle Pitts. And uh, talked to Matt Ryan earlier this week. You'll you'll see the interview get posted at PFT. He, you know, Pitts is going to fill that, that void created by the departure of Julio Jones. A tight end has never won rookie of the year, Pete tells me. But you know what? We're going to start hearing that over and over again, and that may create some buzz because he's not really a tight end. And if he has huge numbers in that Falcons offense with Arthur Smith and Calvin Ridley's there to take some of the attention away from him if he comes out great, it kind of reminds me, and this is the attitude that a lot of defensive coaches have with rookie pass catchers generally. you got to prove that you're good before we start game planning to stop you. Yeah, that's and right, And maybe too. he will. Yeah. And they, they loved him. They loved him at number four, and he was a guy that there was so much buzz about going into the draft. So I'm excited to see what he does, and I make him my third pick. Who do you have? I, I'm, 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 I, I, I mean, he would have been my third pick as well. I mean, he looks like still like the freak show he looked like in, in, uh, in Florida. I mean, we saw that play the other night where he caught the ball on the right sideline and ran up the field. I mean, come on. That does not look like a guy that's 245 pounds. I can tell you that. He does. He looks a lot like Megatron out there in his uniform. Too. So, man, you know what's crazy? The one thing that preparing for the draft, I think there's less like candidates for this than I feel like in normal years. You know, there's not as many like because Devontae Smith, I know how good he is, but I just don't know about the passing offense with Jalen Hurts and how awesome they'll be uh, and everything that goes there. So, I'm going to go... And all those types of all, things. I was about to say it, yes. I know um, you were. I know. I now know when you're ready to say it and you I, pivot to something else. Ramondre Stevenson could get a ton of touchdowns, but I'm going to go with Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos. Melvin Ooh. Gordon's had an inter injury history. You know, the Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, they, they think their defense is good. Williams looked really good in the preseason. I think he's a guy that yeah could get his share of stats and touchdowns and and uh, kind of be a force within that offense. So I'll go Javante Williams, the Denver Broncos. It's plus twenty two hundred for Williams. So there are our picks for offensive rookie of the year. Trevor Lawrence is the favorite, and none of us took him. I think we both are concerned, Chris, that the Jaguars aren't just the be team very good. itself, right? It's not about and Trevor if the Jaguars Lawrence. aren't right. if they're not very good. It's going to be very hard to be the offensive rookie of the year. If anything, maybe Trevor Lawrence will challenge with a 17th game 
the Peyton Manning all-time rookie interception mark. And I know that every year Peyton has his fingers crossed that somebody is going to catch and break the record he set in 1998 when Randy Moss was the rookie of the year. Let's take a break. When we return, some updates on the Saints, including what Sean Peyton had to say about new starter Jameis Winston and what they're going to be doing with up to a month away from New Orleans as they get into the season. We'll talk about that next on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. So Bill Belichick had a press conference this morning during the show, Chris, and he was asked if vaccination status factored into the decision to cut Cam, and he said no. And everyone believes him. Taking the bait. Maybe people haven't had their coffee yet. I, I don't, Look, folks. Nine days ago, he said Cam is the starter. What happened between now and then? He wasn't available. Why? Because he had a COVID misunderstanding. Maybe he didn't cut him because he wasn't vaccinated. He cut him because he can't follow the rules of an unvaccinated player. You can't count on him. If you can't count on him, he can't be the starter. And if he can't be the starter, you don't want him on the team. So... I call BS. He just said nine days ago he's the starter, and he just said yesterday he's moving in the right direction. All right, uh, the Saints out of Louisiana for up to a month, potentially in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. Power out in New Orleans indefinitely. Sean Payton, the coach of the team, said they are planning to be away for an entire month. They're going to practice at TCU, Texas Christian University, beginning next week. Chris, they got a home game week one against the Packers, and we don't know where it's going to be played. I, it's, it's amazing. I mean, just what a curveball to be thrown at your football team at this time of the year. Wow, is that a lot to overcome? I just know as a player myself, this that's torture. I mean, you're now you're out of your home, out of your routine. That's hard to overcome that. What a gift for the Packers. You don't have to go down to the Superdome and deal with that fan base there, you know, right on week one. That's amazing. The one thing, the other thing I'll say too, Mike, just to, to wrap it up here. You know, the, the good thing is their schedule, you know, they missed that, the home opener against the Packers, but then their next home game isn't until October 3rd. So hopefully things can get, you know, organized at time, in time to where they don't have to miss any more home, home games other than that first one.
There's a question as to whether or not they can play at AT&T Stadium for that opening Sunday of the season. The Cowboys are out of town. Ah. There is a Los Bukis concert, and I didn't know who Los Bukis were until a week or two ago because they were turning SoFi Stadium around for two nights with Los Bukis. Is that real? As it turns out, yes, it is. It's a it's a, a Mexican group that was founded in the 70s. It's on a reunion okay. tour, and they are selling out stadiums all over the country. Two nights at Soldier Field, two nights at SoFi. They'll be at AT&T Stadium, but that concert's not until Wednesday night, so you could pull it off with the Sunday game. Group? So they they got started in the 70s. Okay, yeah, that's I mean, it still I had like never heard of the them. 70s there. Yeah, I've never heard of them either. Yes. Matt Casey was at SoFi doing the Super Bowl survey cuz NBC's got the game and he sent the picture of how they were putting the plywood out there by hand on top of the turf and it's like, well, "I wonder what they got going on." It's like Los Bukis. What what's a Los Bukis? Uh so that's what Los Bukis are. What does that mean, September, you know, in Spanish? Los I have Bukis? no idea. No? It means it means the Bukis. <laughs> September 15, they will be at AT&T Stadium. <laughs> Look for the Saints and the Packers to be there on Sunday, September 12. I think that's what's going to land. And you know what Jerry's attitude is, Chris? Bring let's have everything we can. Oh, definitely. At AT&T Stadium. Definitely. Yes, you're right. He won't be mad. More tickets, more money for him. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, tomorrow we will have a listening party with the Los Bukis' most recent album, if there was one. <laughs> I don't know that there was one. I'm going to go down a Los Bukis wormhole on Google right now. Everybody have a great day. See you tomorrow. <laughs>